This is Eerie Street, a podcast by Matriarch at Queensland Theatre. Prepare yourself for a series of uniquely Australian horror stories told by young writers from across Queensland. All of the stories you'll hear are based on real locations, old hospitals, industrial beaches and abandoned bowling alleys are just some of the places we'll be visiting. This is episode two. In this episode, you'll be hearing from Grace Patterson-Tucker from Townsville and Kate Coleman from Tagulam. Now sit tight and enjoy. It was an ugly concrete thing out of place at the end of our beach. I used to hide beneath it when I wanted to be alone. No other kids dared to follow me over the loose stones, and I could lay peacefully, listening to the mechanical thunder of the port trucks as they drove over me. It had been a crap day. My mother berated me all morning. Apparently, I needed to stop moping in my bedroom and consider joining the family at the port. Well, I'd mope beneath the bridge instead. Irritable, restless, I dislodged stones and threw them into the canal, imagining each one was an expectation of my mother's going to drown. There was something peaceful in drowning, I was sure, to sink to the depths of the ocean, oxygen drifting away as I drifted away from the looming promise of a job at the port. But no, I would stay here, in this town with this bitter future. I picked up a large stone and hurled it with all my strength. But what was that? That flat, fan-shaped bone occupying the space the stone had left. I brushed away the sand granules. The tail of a fish. Possessed by curiosity, I tore the stones from their places, wanting, needing to uncover the bones. The fish's midsection was appearing, spindly ribs connecting to a thick vertebra. A large pelvis? My excavating became more frantic, the stones flying behind me. A ribcage, shoulders, arms, a skull. A human torso connected to a fish's tail. She lay before me. A fish and a woman. The stuff of seafaring legend. What had she been? Who had she been? Shaking slightly, I bent over the skeleton, tracing my fingertip over the eye socket of the skull. I expected dry bone. My finger brushed something slimy. Ugh! I flicked it away. A bony hand snatched at my wrist. My heart lurched and I pulled back. The skeleton had reanimated? I had no time to wonder how. Her grip tightened and that was when her transformation started. Blackened flesh knitted together over the human part of her. Waxy hair burst from the skull. The jelly of eyes gathered in the sockets, half formed. The tail grew scales, a dulled silver green. Parts of it were missing. Wounds, I realised, like the ones made with the old harpoons. They were crusted with dried blood, exposing the delicate bones beneath. There was a weakness. With my free hand, I clawed through the wound, through rotted muscle, to pull at the thin bones. One snapped off in my hand. The fishwoman let out a roar, bearing a fish's pointed teeth in her human head. I held the bone close to my chest. 
She yanked me closer and we tumbled over the rocks into the canal. The salt water stung my eyes. I lost all my sense in its darkness. I was nothing in the water, defenseless, mortal, and she was so much stronger. The fishwoman got a hold of both my free hands and drove me to the sea floor, crushing my back against it. She pressed her decaying lips to mine, the flaked skin rough against my mouth. She was drawing my last breaths from me, my tether to life. My chest burned. I could feel my pulse thrum through my body. I couldn't go yet. Not now. I'd spend the rest of my life at the port, in this town with my family, do whatever my mother wanted, if only I was allowed to live. I wrenched my hand from her grip, the longing to continue, the only thing propelling me to plunge her own bone into her back. It slid easily through flesh that should have returned to the earth long ago. She arched into the pain, and it was in half delirium that I kicked to the surface. I forced myself out of the canal and stumbled over the loose stones, my familiar footing lost in a haze. I didn't stop until I reached our beach. I collapsed onto the sand. The salt sea air, the sweetest thing I'd ever tasted. For the first time in years, I longed for my mother's arms around me, holding me close, keeping me safe. I looked up at the port, an imposing presence at the other end of our beach. It had been there for centuries, transporting, bringing in cargo, fishing. I let my hands sink beneath the sand, trying to ground myself. I felt something cool and hard. I ran my palm along it, flat and fan-shaped. You know, we all have our moments, right? It's a sudden realisation of, am I doing the right thing? Is this really what I'm doing with my life? Well, I just had that moment 10 minutes ago. It's all just a hazy blur of sounds, harsh bright light and faces I can barely recall. Well, there was this one face that stuck out to me like a sore thumb. And that's because his face resembled one. Contrasting the redness of his face was this one vein that sat in the middle of his forehead that looked like it was about to rupture at any minute. Going off his somewhat arrogant and slightly abrasive nature, I figured he was the doctor. But as I started fading out again, the doctor started to become more frantic with his commands. My absolute terror began as saliva expelled from his mouth as he shouted... With all the will left in my body, I tried to pull my head away from this absolute spitstorm. But, alas, I was powerless as a barrage of saliva that came down. Then suddenly, like the movies say, everything flashes before your eyes. Usually the main character has this profound moment, something mystical and life-changing, enough to snap out of it. However... My vision came in the form of something that's just anticlimactic and slightly more disappointing. As a child, let's just say I was the black sheep of the family. A hop, skip and a jump in time and there I was, university. Did I get that drama degree I've always dreamed of? 
Yes. But did I also get the absolute peak of silent disappointment from my family? Absolutely. Personally, I was quite happy with what I've achieved. But was I where I truly wanted to be? No, not really. Looking back, did I really achieve what I wanted? Yeah, I was happy with where I was headed with my life, but there I was, sitting alone on a bench in a brand new city, when no one really knew who I was, or even cared. Glancing down at my watch, I began to realise how late I truly was. Grabbing my things, I tried to make my way to the nearest bus stop. A sudden realisation hit me like a speeding bus, knocking me clean off my feet and back to reality. Back to that cold steel bench on which I was currently laying alone and surrounded by... Wait. Hold on. What was that out of the corner? Due to the dimly lit room, it was hard to make out basic shapes. But I swear there was someone else beside me. Yes, behind that tattered curtain, someone else was there. I tried to call out to them, but the hardest part was trying to wrench my jaw open. Usually, I don't have this problem. But this immense weight held me back. Using all the force I had left in my weakened state, I shuffled towards the curtain. Suddenly, the click of the door alerts my attention. Hastily, I began to make my way back to the bench. A sharp hiss leaves my mouth as the cold steel welcomes itself to my skin. The room is illuminated by a beacon of light that was flung open by the doors. Is this it? Is this finally a sign from God or any other higher being? No. No, it was not. What greeted me was that sweaty doctor looming over me. Placed in his clammy hands was a clipboard as he furiously began to scribble away. It's been six months and Jane Doe has not yet been identified, he grumbled. Jane Doe? That can't be me, right? I'm not dead. I was moving around a few minutes ago, so that probably means I haven't kicked the bucket just yet. Even if I am dead, I have family and friends that can surely identify me. Yeah, sure, the friends I did have ditched me every once in a while. But hey, it happens all the time. How can they expect to keep up with such a busy schedule? Just because we're housemates doesn't mean they have to like me. So what if my sister forgot to invite me to her wedding? From what I heard, it was a large turnout of 20 people, so I understand if they couldn't invite everyone. The truth is, I have people who will miss me, and any minute now they will burst through the doors and recognize me. Next thing I knew, I was shoved quite violently into a black bag and wheeled to who knows where. But hey, wherever I'm going now, I'm going to cause quite the stir.
we live, work, create and play and perform on Aboriginal land. In all things, Matriarch and Queensland Theatre acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and pay respects to Elders past and present. Always was and always will be Aboriginal land.